Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with former Milwaukee Bucks Center, Paul Mokeski. Hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, we're hump day. Uh, Mo, it's good to see you, man. A uh, lot to talk about tonight. And uh, we want to welcome everybody out there. Welcome your questions and comments. And don't forget, you can watch this, listen to this, and all our past shows on the Believe.com network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Anywhere you get your uh, favorite podcast, go there and look for We Got Next, Paul Mokeski and Ricky Hampton. What's up, Coach Mo? I'm melting here in Las Vegas, man. It's uh, it's the real July, 110, 112. <laughs> you know, this is the this is what you put up with to get the 60 degrees in January. So, but it's hot. <laughs> Absolutely, but all odds in the sports world are really on Vegas with the uh, NBA summer league in town. And Mo, how has the summer league grown from the time you played and coached? where it is today well and, and you're right it's i mean the uh, uh, nba summer league is here uh the wnba all-star game is here this weekend uh there's uh, uh international teams from all over the world in here it's it's crazy and uh you know if you go anywhere at a restaurant or a casino around the strip you're going to run into somebody uh that you know or recognize uh, uh i know you know this guy uh, I was at the game uh, the other day, and I'm looking at this this gentleman with a nice-looking mustache and gray hair, Mike Abdenauer, former trainer of the Detroit Pistons. Yes, sir. I, I hadn't seen him for 50 years, and I ran into him at one of the games. Was Mike here when you were here, Mo, in Detroit? Yes, Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike was the trainer. And then years later, when I went to Golden State, uh, his brother was the trainer in, uh, in Golden State. <laughs> And you know, and guys like uh, Mike Abner are were valuable, uh, especially back then when the technology wasn't quite what we have today. Yeah, I, I, I remember when Antonio McDice came to Detroit, and McDice had all these injury problems. He had none of that once he got to Detroit, and and Mike got a lot of credit for keeping Antonio up and able to play 20, 25 minutes a night. Well, back then you had a trainer like Mike, and they also double as a travel agent usually, and uh, they probably had one volunteer uh, trainer with them, like for games and stuff, you know, to help with the ice bags and all the injuries and stuff. You look at the NBA now. There's a trainer. There's a trainer, assistant trainer, full time, uh, three other uh, 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 trainers. You know, there's. And there's a strength and conditioning guy, coach. And there's all these guys. And back then, you know, the trainer was everything and all rolled up in one. Um, yeah. You know, but you know, they had a lot of responsibility. And uh, you know, it was great seeing them. Uh, you know, guys like that. He's got, I think, three championship rings. I'm sure. I think something like that. Uh, but back to the summer league. I mean, when I played uh, my my rookie and saw and second year in the league. I, I played in the NBA Summer League. It was in L.A. It was at Cal State L.A. We played at Cal State L.A. Then it moved to uh, uh, Loyola Marymount in 
California, outside of LA. And then uh, it moves here to Las Vegas. And, and it was it was really good for a while, but then there was a big uh, slump. And I think in, there was a summer league in Utah, there still is, and there was one in uh, Denver, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of uh, muck, uh, mucked up the, uh, the attendance. And, but now, uh, Warren Legary, who's a former player agent, current agent of coaches and general managers in the NBA, he and his partner took it over probably 10, maybe 15 years ago. And it's become an event. I mean, I, yeah. went, to the game, I went to the game Friday. There were 17,000 people in the, in the arena. Yeah, yeah. Looking to see Wambiyama, but uh, the next night for the Lakers, somebody else, there was 12,000 people in that arena, and there's also another gym. So it's a big event. It's on TV. It's on ESPN right now. We just saw the Pistons play uh, a little while ago, and, uh, you know, there's sponsorship, but there's people going all the time, and I told you, you know, you're a sports fan, and, and so is your son. You know, coming here, I think it's 60 bucks now for a day pass. But you get to see, I think, six to eight games if you want. Yeah. And it's first come, first serve seating. So if you get there early, you can get really close down on the court. It's the same price. You know, the price you pay for an upper deck is the same price. You know, you get here down early. And I saw tons of kids, lots of kids getting autographs from summer league guys like Wimbiamba and Miller and uh, Grady Dick. You know, they got their basketballs and their hats and their shoes. But also, there's so many NBA players here now, current players. You know, Kyrie Irving was here. Clay Thompson was here. Uh, you know, uh, Mitchell, all these NBA guys are here coming to support their teams and watch. And guess who gets their autographs? All the kids that are there. It's pretty. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It is really growing. I remember you could go out when I'd be out in LA. I'd go out to uh, to Loyola Marymount to the game, and it was such a laid back thing. But in in that little gym, uh, all these outstanding uh, NBA players were just out there uh, hooping. But but like everything else, man. Uh, with, with TV and the marketing that goes on now, it, it is it is really grown. Hey, no, go ahead. Warren, Warren Legary and his partner really put a lot of energy and effort, and they do it first class. Everything is, you know, uh, stats and TV and cameras and every everything's organized and, and right on point. So, you know, they've come a long way. I mean, uh, uh, I, I was talking to, I think, Matt Calvin, who played in the ABA. We've had him on our show. And I remember seeing him and Paul Westfall and players like that at Cal State LA at the NBA Summer League. When I was in high school, I played in what they called the Olympic Summer League. And that was high school players from the area. We got to play before their games. So we would play before their games. And we're talking about guys, it was me. Bill Lampier, Reggie Theus, David Greenwood, Roy Hamilton, Brad Holland, Bill Cartwright. All of us played in that in, when we were high school kids. And then we, we got to stay and watch Paul Westfall and Matt Calvin and those guys play. And after the game, it was awesome. 
because when we turned in our uh, Olympic Summer League jersey and uniform, we got uh, a free hot dog and a Coke to watch the game with. That was big time. <laughs> that was big right then. <laughs> hey, hey, Mo, back then when they had the Summer League, could college players play with the pros? No, it wasn't a pro. <laughs> Okay, uh, was, and, okay. But back then, it wasn't, it was some of the young guys, but it was a lot of the older guys that wanted to keep in shape and have something to yeah. do for about a month in the summer. Because back then, there weren't personal trainers and, and uh, strength and conditioning guys and nutritionists. So as a, as, a, as a pro, you had to find some way to keep in shape. And, you know, when you're in the NBA and you're looking for a, a, a good game or a pickup game to play, and they're hard to find, you know? You got to get with a good group of players, talented and guys that know how to play. So the NBA Summer League back then was some somewhere where like Paul Westfall or uh, you know even Rick Barry or guys like that could play in there with refs. Uh, everybody knows how to play. They're pros. No one's trying to hurt anybody. And that was valuable. I, 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 I guess when you're an NBA player, if you just try to walk in the gym and get a, a game, they're gonna they go first. They're gonna recognize who you are. Oh, that's Paul Mokeski with a buck. I'm going to go at this dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's okay, too. Bring it on. But the problem is half those guys don't know how to play. So they right. might accidentally hurt you without trying. You know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, stepping on your ankle, that was the worries, you know? Right. A a absolutely. Hey, what, what have been your uh, um, impressions so far? of the uh, first week of summer. Well, obviously, Wembyamba is, is the talk of the town. And, you know, the seven, five, eight foot arm span. Uh, everybody wanted to see him. Uh, and uh, a lot of people did. Um, you know, I was in the, that arena uh, with uh, Linda, my wife, and Michael, our son. And, you know, there were 17,000 people watching that game. And, you know, the first game, uh, he struggled. He had, I think, 8.7 rebounds and, you know, six block shots, which I told you before, his impact is going to be on the defensive end more than the offensive end right off the bat. But he looked out of sorts. He looked really, really out of condition. They only played him three or four minutes at a time, and he was out of breath. And uh, But then, you know, I think he got his legs under him, and you can see him right here. In the second game, he was more aggressive. Uh, especially on the rebounding end and finishing with dunks underneath, uh, he hit a couple. He hit a couple threes, uh, a couple turnarounds, blocked a couple shots, ran the floor like that. I think he felt more comfortable, and the team felt more comfortable around him. Let's face it. So you're going into a summer league, and you got Wembyamba, the first pick in the draft, playing with the Spurs, and you know he's a little nervous. And there's 17,000 people there. There's there's movie stars and artists and NBA players. Uh, hell, uh, uh, Kareem was in the, he was there. Kareem was in courtside. And, but you think about how nervous he might be. What, what about his teammates who are just trying to make the team, just trying to get invited to training camp, and now all of a sudden they're playing in front of 17,000 people and, and on a nationally televised game. So that first game was, was a struggle for all of them, but the second one showed kind of, you know, where he's at and what he can do. You know, he's not very strong, but he's got great touch. He's long as heck. He's got a good basketball IQ. He's not afraid. Uh, you know, there's a nice duck in right there and a little turnaround, which he needs to use more. In the first game, he tried to dribble too much, and guys were pushing him down and taking it. 
in this second game, just like you saw there, you know, he just turned around and shoot it. And he's got great yeah. touch. So, you know, uh, it's, it's going to take time. He's going to have ups and downs in the season. Uh, but he has this stroke. He's got a nice shot. Um, you know, he's going to have great games and he's going to have bad games. Those two games are what he's going to see this summer. I mean, this year. He's going to see 8.7 rebounds and five fouls. And then he's going to have 27 points and 12 rebounds and five blocks. And it's just going to go like that the, the whole season. Until, you know, and then in, after about 60 games, he's going to run into a wall. He's going to be tired and exhausted. And, you know, they're probably going to ask him to play in the rookie sophomore game and stuff like that, which if I was him, I would rest and finish out the season. But, you know, he's, he's got a, a great situation. He's in a small market in San Antonio. He's got a great group of people around him, including Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker that are all there. And, you know, the old wizard, the grand wizard of them all, Coach Popovich just signed a five-year, $80 million deal. So he's going to be there for the long run. So they're in no hurry. They'll take their time. Right. He, he caused a little uh, – he raised some eyebrows with his comments after the game, um, the, talking about the style of play in the uh, NBA Summer League compared to playing in France. He said the court is more open, it's going fast, but it's less physical. I get fouled a lot, but not as much. Your players are just fouling, flying around out there. It's more out there, and it's more on the ground with big box outs, talking about friends. Here's great athletes and uh, the best in the world. Way more talent, and I like this better. But he said the NBA is less physical than Europe. And as a 12-year veteran of the NBA, what is your response to that? Well, not only am I a 12-year veteran of the NBA and I coach in the NBA, I also coach at the highest level internationally with the, with the Jamaican national team and the Great Britain national team, including the 2012 Olympics, including playing against teams like Lithuania, Russia, Spain, France, uh, Australia, all the top uh, international teams and um, I can understand kind of where he's coming from um, the international game is slower pace they're slower which creates more half-court basketball uh, and, but it's interesting in the FIBA game and international if you can get more physical as a guard than you can as a big it seems like um, and that's kind of been the trend you know Luca in Dallas had said the same thing a couple of years ago he likes playing in the NBA a lot more. It's less physical for him. You know, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's less physical. I think it's different kind of physical. Uh, there's bigger players, more talented, longer, more athletic in the NBA, not even close. Um, and, and uh, you know, in, in the international, he's playing in France. You know, on every team at the highest level in France, there's three or four high, high-level players. Then there's three or four guys that play that are, mid-level Europe players. So they wouldn't make an NBA roster. Um, you know, so, you know, the physicality is, is different. However, I would caution him because guess what? You haven't played a game in the NBA yet. You don't know. You don't know. The, I'm going to tell you, Wendy, Wendy, let me tell you, the NBA Summer League is not the NBA. Let me tell you that right now. 
So just understand that someone needs to start talking to him, not only about some of his play, stop dribbling so much in the post, but about what he says after games. Because after the first game, when he struggled, he said, I was lost out there. I didn't know what I was doing. You can think that way, but don't say it at a press conference. Don't. So that means either you don't know how to play or the coaching staff's not doing a good enough job to teach you how to play when you don't know what you're doing. So that's that's the wrong thing to say. You can think that and work on that, uh, you know, but you don't want to say that. And then he comes out with this physical thing, you know, NBA is less physical, bull crap. You'll see. Yeah, let me, let me see when he played the Joker how less physical it is or Embiid or, you know, uh, you know, anybody, you know, let, let me see when LeBron comes down the, 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 the lane like a freight train and dunks on your head. And you used to tell me yeah. how less physical it is. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love what you said. I mean, you don't know because you haven't played an NBA game. This isn't the NBA. All these guys, besides, I would think two players on every team will make a roster in the NBA. That's it. All the other guys, they're not going to play in the NBA. They might be in the G League. They might be overseas. They're not NBA players, at least not yet. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we, we've got a, a question. You know, here, let me tell you this. That's like you um, having a really good round at uh, 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 your local golf course, and they say, you know what? You know, oh, no, that's like you having a good round at Pebble Beach. You, Ricky, you're hitting the crap out of the ball, and and you shoot a, a 79 or an 80 and you're feeling great. You know what? Pebble Beach isn't as hard as my local course. I don't understand why it's not that hard. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, if, if I broke 80 at Pebble Beach, I'd be so proud. And then, yeah, and then, and then afterwards, that, that someone asked you, hey, Ricky, how was it? Last, that was a lot easier than my local course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, uh, uh, Terrence Mullins checking in. What's up, Terrence? How you doing, man? Uh, he has questions, Mo. He says, what are your thoughts on Lillard asking for a trade, and where do you think he'll end up? That's, uh, I I'll tell you, Terrence, I like the wording of that. He's asking for a trade, as opposed to some people, James Harden, that have demanded trades. That's a different language. And if you if you've done what he's done for portland you're allowed to ask for a trade and ask to go to the right place now i don't agree with him limiting i want to go to miami okay i want to go to miami but you can't just not just go to miami first of all it might not fit financially or with the team and you know so but i have mixed feelings about that you know let's face it portland's not going to be in the serious playoff race they're not going to contend for a Western Conference title. They're just not. They're not good enough. They haven't been good enough. Damon Lillard is one of the best guards in the league. Uh, you put him on any team and they become contenders with the way he can score uh, and control a game. Uh, however, you don't want to make a trade if you're Miami or whoever and give up the farm. And now all of a sudden, you know, Damon Lillard's coming to your team, but you gave away through your starters. So you don't have a good team anyway. You look like the Clippers. <laughs> so. You know, I, I, I think, you know, asking for a trade, that, that's legit. Demanding a trade, I don't like when players do that or say that. Um, you know, and, you know, it's time for him. If he wants to go to get a, you know, get a chance at winning and getting a championship, he definitely needs to go somewhere else. Uh, 
Uh, that doesn't guarantee anything. Just ask Carl Malone, who went to the Lakers late in his career, or, uh, you know, Charles Barkley, who, you know, uh, you know, went from Philly to Phoenix and tried to win, he didn't. Then he went uh, from Phoenix to Houston and it didn't work. Uh, but, you know, I don't know because he's so financially tied. I think he makes like 30 million to 63 million. So, you know, I don't know, um, you know, you know, how, you, you got to put together a great package. If Portland's going to take it, you have to have a lot of first round picks, which OKC has. Uh, Miami has a few. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if Miami would give away, let's say, Tyler Hero, someone lower level, a backup guy, uh, uh, Martin, maybe Caleb Martin, and a couple of first rounders, or, that's that's something that can help your team and worthwhile. But, you know, if, if, if they want, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan and five first round picks, it's probably not doable for Miami. But, I mean, there's very few guys in the league that can do stuff like that and shoot from the logo with, you know, he, he's, uh, he has range like uh, Steph Curry, but he's bigger, um, you know, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, that's ridiculous right there. <laughs> that's the, we used to tell those guys, hey, you know when you start guarding him? When he gets out of his car coming to the arena, that's when you start guarding him. <laughs> but, Mom, uh, I mean, that is just ridiculous range. <laughs> it is. And, you know, but that's only part because he has a nice pull-up game. He can get to the basket. You know, so uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know if it can happen before training camp because, you know, it didn't happen with the with the frenzy that went on with the free agency because everybody's making moves and, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he, uh, Terrence, I don't think he's going to San Antonio because, uh, uh, you know, they they they're they're building pretty much. They're building around Wembyamba to bring them in. They, they could be a playoff team right away, not a contender, uh, because they don't have enough good players. So I don't think I think that would be a long shot. Um, not that he wouldn't want to go there to play for Pop, and maybe help Wembyama uh, around. But to me, if you look at the roster, they don't have enough teams. They don't have enough to be a mid-range, mid-level playoff teams. So I don't know why. Especially, he would that. especially in the West. Yeah, he's right now. So he's in he's in the same situation. He'd be in the same situation. So you know, it's gonna be interesting. I mean. Everybody's floating around, uh, uh, you know, hardened for for him and maybe throw a third team in there to make some first-round picks work and stuff and maybe have a third team that wants to get money off their salary cap. Uh, that could happen. But tell you what, there's a lot of brains smarter than me in these NBA uh, front offices that are trying to figure out a way to do it. Do, do you think he'll be moved, Mo? 50-50. I, I think if he got in a great situation where where Portland feels good that they got enough back for him uh, and the team didn't have to give enough for him, uh, there's a good chance. But that that situation, out of the 30 or 29 NBA teams, you know, without Portland being involved, the 29, there's only probably two or three that can even make that happen. Yeah. And, and I know Chauncey Billiff is like, Please let's not get this guy away from draft picks because no. I'll be around them. No, and and I don't think they will. Uh, they have to get at least one legit player, maybe two, and then first rounders, and then you know if I'm them, 
and I do that, then I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe we could pull off a Sacramento this year. You know, maybe we could play like Sacramento and make a nice run at this thing. You know, if we do that. Yeah. Hey, hey. Speaking of uh, making runs, I guess we'll have a uh, mid-season round run because for the first time, the NBA is going to have an uh, an in-season tournament. <laughs> Uh, the NBA, the NBA Cup. I, I got. Let, let me just play this. First ever in-season. All right, everybody. The NBA first ever in-season tournament is now official. But how does it work? Like this. First up is group play. All 30 teams will be split into six groups, three from the East, three from the West, with a random draw based on last year's regular season records. Each team in a group plays each other one time, a total of four games, two at home, two on the road. One, two, three, now those games happen Tuesdays and Fridays in November, so set your calendar. Basically, these regular season NBA games also count as tournament games. Now. In each group, the team with the best group play record after those four games, they're moving on. The team with the next best record in each conference, those two are the wild cards. Always watch out for the wild cards. Now, we get to the knockout round. Eight teams, single elimination, and you know what that means. Win and move on. Or lose. And you're out. And the last four teams standing, guess what? You're headed to Vegas, baby. Vegas, That's Vegas. right. In Las Vegas, the semifinal battles will get us to the championship game on December 9th. Two teams in a winner-take-all final to be named champion and be awarded the first ever NBA Cup. Come on now. Look, there's a lot to look forward to this season. Players on new teams, rookies new to the league, and teams just looking to make some noise. And the NBA in-season tournament is going to be a can't-miss, must-see, high-stakes, high-level competition. And if you're a hoops head just like me, I promise you, you're going to love it. Are we going to love it, Mo? That was Richard Jefferson explaining it to us. And actually, he did a, he did a pretty good job. I mean, it's pretty complicated for U.S. United, US basketball fans. But it's not complicated for international fans. That's what they do all the time over in Europe. You play in cups, different cups and different records. And the 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 uh, bracketing and everything is like the World Cup or uh, uh, the Olympics. So when you go to the Olympics, everything everything is in pool play until you get to the medal rounds. And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, so to explain it a little better, like, are the same. So, you know, you, you win your pool, you go on to the next round, um, and then the two best teams that have the best records, and then you get and you play those. Then you go to the final four. And you come here to Vegas, and in the final four, it's it's just like the final four in college, one and done. Um, and the, the money wise is, uh, if if you're on, if you make it to Vegas, each player makes fifty grand. If you win the first game in Vegas, each player makes hundred grand. If you get to the championship game and you lose it, you make two hundred grand per player. And if you win the championship, you get half a million dollars. Each player does. That's good money. Um, so players are going to be interested in doing it. Um, uh, you know, it gives some excitement to the NBA because guess what? How many times, Ricky, have you heard the NBA regular season doesn't mean anything? They only play hard in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. 
Well, it gives the NBA something in December, and then in February they have the All-Star game. So it gives them something early on to look forward to. And guess what else it does? It gives the NBA another money-making uh, proposition. They're going to sell more advertising, they're going to get more sponsorship, and they're probably going to do a separate TV deal for the tournament in Vegas. The game to... The games, no, go ahead, go ahead, Mo. the games that they played before Vegas are all regular season games. They're not extra games. So they're regular season games that are, are uh, uh, picked out to be the, the in-season right. in, in tournament. So they're not adding all these games. They are adding a few. Um, and, and then, so that, that's okay. Um, then if I was NBA team, I really wanted to make this happen. You need to talk to somebody like me like Chris Finch, like Nick Nurse, like guys that have done this before. Because here's a little secret for you. You play in pool play, and only one team moves on. However, even if you don't win your pool, you have a chance to be one of those other two teams. And you do that in uh, uh, record-wise, but guess what? At that point, everybody in the uh, uh, seventh and eighth spot are, have the same record, probably. That's what they have. So the next, the next thing is aggregate score. So that means the team that scores the most points in their pool gets that spot. That's so you're in a game, you know, and you're down, you're losing by ten. You, you know, you want to try, you don't want to try to win the game, but you want to lose by as least you can. Or if you're winning a game and you're up by twenty, you want to win by thirty because those extra points might get you into the the rest of the plan. So there's a little tip for you. So that. not taking your foot off the pedal. No, and and I bet if, if you know we lost, we didn't go in the 2012 Olympics in London. Great Britain didn't go because we a team that uh, was in a different pool outscored us total wise in three games by three points, and they went to the they went to the medal round and we did not. So that's that's that kind of twist. Wow. I think I think the players will have a little interest, at least the first year. Uh, I think fans, I will, because it's here in Vegas, right? Gives me another something uh, to go to, probably, uh, if I get free tickets. And because uh, <laughs> I'm not paying. <laughs> but I Mo, Mo, when the last time you paid for an NBA game? Never? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Or college. Or, you know. But I mean. Hey. You know, I think uh, Adam Silver has been talking about this for three, for two or three years now because guess what? Uh, most of the world knows this format because they play with, you know, in Italy and Spain and France, this is the format they use. And this is what FIBA uses to qualify. So they all know this formula. And Adam Silver has been looking at this because now NBA is a global game. You know, there's fans all over the continent, all over the world. So this is kind of that finally coming to tuition. But does that does this tournament take some of the luster off the finals? No, not at all. It's totally separate. I mean, shoot, the team that wins the in-season tournament might not even make the playoffs. Okay. Because it's only it's only in no, the only games you're counting are in November. There's only like five. I mean, you know, you can have a team that's gets on a run and win this thing and then has injuries or is not very good and they don't make the playoffs in the, in the real at the end of the season. So no, it's not going to affect that. You know, it's going to be another little trophy you can have. 
for the players, it could be a nice chunk of money. And guess what? A weekend here in beautiful Las Vegas. And 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 I got two two questions for you on that. Does that address some of the uh, 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 sitting star players? And and are you not surprised it's going to Vegas? Then this isn't this another signal that the NBA is coming there full time at some point soon. It's definitely definitely a signal that the NBA is coming here in the next three years. Absolutely no question about it. Uh, you know, WNBA, the Aces are here. Uh, G League, Ignite are here. Um, the NBA All-Star Game, I mean, the Summer League is here. NBA All-Star Game has been here. And this is like the, the uh, cherry on top of an NBA team coming here. Um, I think the NBA uh, and the new CBA agreement have has touched on the load management problems in the past that you know if you don't play 65 or more games you don't qualify for uh all nba or uh all the awards mvp or a defensive player year six man of the year if you don't play 65 or more games you don't qualify for that um, i don't think this will have anything to do with that because you know it's it's only a month and it's only like six or seven games so you're not, if, if I'm load management, load management, the Joker, and uh, his his schedule is he's getting, because these games are on Tuesday, Friday, I think, he's getting Tuesday off. I'm not playing him to get in the in-season tournament. He's just going to get the night off anyway. He's going to get the night uh, Hey, what's happening? Jared, Jared's checking in. Um, I'm not sure why the NBA would do an in-season tournament to report put more wear and tear on their bodies for teams that make a deep playoff run. That's kind of what you're addressing right now, man. Yeah, it, it, uh, Jared, it really won't because the pool play games are regular season games that they're going to play anyway. So if you win this thing, you'll play one to three more games. You know, it's a little bit, but it's, it's not much. And it's in it's in November. So in early December. So you know, I don't think it'll affect on, uh, you know, it is interesting that NBA is adding games instead of subtracting like most players want. But it's, I'm telling you, Jared, it's money. It's money. So, uh, you know, yeah. the more TV money for the tournament, more sponsorship for the in-season tournament, uh, you know, so that's what the NBA is about. Jared said, I'll be in Vegas next Thursday. I wish I could have made it out to see some of the summer league games. Have a good time out there, Jared. And if you if you go broke at the slides, call me. I'll get Mo to come pick you up, man. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, if if you win at the slots, I'll come celebrate with you. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's a Jared. Stay inside. It's hot here, man. Stay in the air conditioning. Be warm. No, Jared. He'll probably go for a, a run. He's in great shape. Should be out there running in that stuff. Uh, our good friend Steve is checking in. Uh, hi guys. Thanks, uh, Steve. Hundred dollar fine. I'm late. <laughs> well, you can you can you can uh, pay it forward and give some money for the slots. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Steve says, what do you think about Chet Holmgren? He's had a nice uh, summer league. Yeah, um, I saw him play. I didn't see him play, but I saw him play on TV in Salt Lake City. Has some good games. He's facing the same thing that Wimbiama is. He's really skinny. He's put on some weight. Um, 
but he can shoot, he's got a good touch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this season at OKC because they have a very, very young team, very, very talented team that actually could do some damage and make the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what. Jared gives uh, the Grand Canyon family reunion. <laughs> yeah, stay indoors, brother, and have a great time out there, Jared. And, man, thank you so much for checking in with us, bro. I'll, I'll tell you what Chet Holdrum uh, impressed me with, the, his block shots. He's going up and blocking dunks with both hands. And, uh, you know, that's a skill that every team needs, a, a rim protector, and he's turning into that. that. That's good to see. Yeah, I mean, OKC, and, and don't forget, Mo, OKC has a million draft picks. <laughs> yeah, they got 700,000 draft picks. <laughs> so, uh, let's look at uh, some of these uh, players. This is... Uh, um, I believe this is uh, Brandon Miller. Miller had a big game, yeah, two six points. He was the uh, number three pick in the draft, I believe. Yeah, he, I saw him play. Uh, I don't know if it was this game or not. It might have been. Uh, yeah, I think I played because he was playing against Scoot, I think. Um, he struggled in, in Salt Lake City. He looked really bad, looked, couldn't guard anybody. He had eight fouls in one game. Uh, couldn't guard the pick and roll, uh, but he's getting his feet under him, his legs under him, and he's being more aggressive like this uh, and, and playing better solid defense. Uh, you know, he's feeling his way. I mean, he's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he wasn't as big as I thought he was. Um, didn't shoot the three as well as I thought he did. But, uh, you know, he's got a prototypical NBA uh, 3 and D body. So, uh, you know, and, and he's come along. He, he'll improve as the season goes on. Like all of them. Yeah. And like all of them, he's going to be up and down, right? Yep. Yeah. And here's uh, Scoot Henderson. Yeah, so Scoot was the second pick in the draft, which freaked out a lot of people because he's a point guard, just like Damon uh, Lillard, uh, and they picked him anyway. Now, not that they couldn't play together, they can. Scoot is more of a, a distributor. A uh, really strong body, you can see it there. Uh, you get to the basket, really good passer. He can finish. His uh, big uh, question mark about him was his jump shot. Uh, and I watched him play uh, on Friday. Uh, he's definitely a great passer just like that. And he made two threes that impressed me. And he did it pretty nonchalantly. So I believe he's worked on his shot, which is what he needed to do. So he doesn't become a, a Westbrook. So he can actually shoot. And uh, I think he's done that. And he showed that to me in the game I saw uh, on Friday for sure. Yep. That's, uh... But he's a prototypical point guard. Uh, pass first, can finish. Um, defensively struggles a little bit against uh, the uh, uh, quicker guards uh, that he's going to face. But he'll, he'll get used to it. Pretty physical player, too. Unfortunately, I think he hurt his shoulder. Uh, at the end of that game, so I don't know if he's played again in the summer league. So um, I, I, I hope that's not an ongoing thing because when I saw him playing with the with the uh, uh, G League Ignite here in Vegas against Wimbiamba's team, he also hurt his shoulder and didn't play in the second game. So I hope that's not something that's reoccurring. Hey, hey Mo, it, in the NBA, in the NFL, it's 
unquestionably the most important player on the team is the quarterback. If you got Patrick Mahomes, you can put him on almost any roster and they become at least a threat to make the playoff. He can elevate a team that way. Is it a position in the NBA? Is there a most valuable position in, in, in the NBA now? That's hard to say. I mean, but you know, Ricky, you can have Patrick Mahomes and your offensive line sucks and you won't win any games. Or you don't have some running back that can run or receivers that can catch, but, but he is the hub of it for sure. Yeah. In the NBA, it used to be, I would think, the point guard, um, but not, not so anymore because non-point guards have the ball in their hands a lot, like uh, LeBron James. You know, he's not a point guard, but he has a ball in his hands at point forward, I guess. Uh, you know, so, you know, uh, you know, who's the most important player for the Denver Nuggets? It's the Joker. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I think one player can really elevate your, your, your team and your game, but you can't win a championship unless you have a deep team, uh, at least seven or eight deep, like the Denver Nuggets had that all the pieces fit. You have some decent guards and some wings and some bigs and, you know, everything fits together. Um, you know, it used to be point guard, but I don't think it's that anymore because of the versatility of all these players now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to uh, say that. Uh, Steve uh, checks in and says uh, the Bucks signed uh, uh, signed their second round pick to the highest salary ever. I got to check on who their second round pick is. Then he also wants to know your thoughts on the uh, Washington Wizards and what they've done. You know, they traded for Jordan Poole. They've got Kyle Kuzma on the roster. and uh... Yeah, I mean, the Wizards, had a, the Wizards had a fire sale, right? Yeah, they hadn't done they had that. A deal, they, turned, they had a fire sale. And they got Poole back, and we can see who Poole. Two years ago, Poole, like him. Last year's Poole, not so much. Uh, you know, so, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to be a lower level team in that division. But um, as far as the Bucks, I mean, you know, the second round pick, paying him what, I don't even know who it is. You know, he's not going to play much. I mean, the biggest thing they did was re-sign Lopez and Middleton, period, end of story. Even though they had to bring in, uh, you know, Lopez's brother, the, you know, the not so good Lopez. But, uh, you know, it's worth it to get the, 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 the Brooke Lopez. But, uh, you know, they, they signed those two, and that's the biggest thing. And, and they didn't lose any, uh, you know, Portis is still there and Holiday's still there and, you know, Allen's still there. So, you know, I like what they did. The Wizards pretty much shuffled the deck, got, got younger, got more draft picks, dumped some salary, but they didn't get any better. The Bucks, uh, their, their second-round pick, 58th in the draft was Chris Livingston. Uh, 6'6", 219 pounds from the UK. And uh, Yeah, I wish I wish it was the Cliff Livingston that played in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I, I, actually saw, I actually saw him at the Retired Players Association. He's a little heavier, but I bet he's probably a little better than this Livingston. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 that's got to be pretty good at seeing some of the old guys uh, at Summer League. Because uh, you're a member of the NBA Retired Players Association. Did you guys have a chance to get together and do anything? 
Yeah, they had a golf tournament. They had an event at Top Golf. We had uh, we went to the game summer league together. Then we had a uh, we had a cocktail party at the club at the at the Cosmo, uh, where they played only seventies and eighties music, and you saw some old broken down dudes trying to dance out there and relive their their their, their uh, history. Um, you know, it's great because then you get to sit down, you know, with with players, old players like you know, uh, uh, and talk to them and relay, you know, and there, uh, uh, Dr. J told me, you know, years ago, he said, you, you know what, Paul, the older I get, the better I was. And that's true. <laughs> you know, our stories become bigger and we just laughed and told stories on each other. And, you know, it's good. It's a, you know, it's a small fraternity, you know, there's only, you know, a few thousand of us that have played in the NBA for any extended period of time. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, you know, we lose a lot of, of our really? teammates and our, well, you know, Daryl Dawkins or Mark Eaton or, uh, you know, Jack Haley or, you know, and uh, it kind of brings us closer together and we kind of look out for each other. You know, how you take care of yourself. You know, they, they, are, they actually have testing here at the Retired Blade Association. They test your limbs, they test your heart, they test your, your mm -hmm. breathing. Uh, you know, they do it for free because you know, we got to keep up on that. So, you know, it's all that combination um, coming together. Wow, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mo, uh, free agency, I mean, we still got some guys out there. Your guy, Christian Wood, is still out there. Yeah. Uh, but things are kind of settling in. Your, your thoughts on, on free agency and did you see any team get significantly better? Um, maybe. Uh, here's a team for you. That that remember we talked about earlier in the season about the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, how they had a great backcourt with Garland uh, and Mitchell, and they have young, long, athletic players, and they added Struess, a shooter, and Levert, a guard. Uh, with the experience, uh, and they still have Ricky Rubio, who is hurt, and he'll be coming back. So they might be adding with Struess, who was in the finals this year and is a, a three-point shooter, LeVert, who was a hot free agent a few years ago, and then Rubio may be coming back. You know, they could make a little damage in, in the East, but let's face it, it's the same. It's the same. Most of the free agents that were out there re-signed with their teams. So... You know, if you're talking the East, you're talking Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, and maybe Miami, but Miami's looking at making a move because they need a legitimate bid. And then you look at other teams like your Detroit Pistons, who I think uh, picked up, uh, they picked up Joe Harris, uh, they picked up Wiseman, uh, they drafted Osor Thompson, and who's a really good rookie I saw play, actually sat with his grandmother here at the Summer League, and then Sasser from Houston, who's a good rookie. So and Monte Morris, a good, solid veteran guard. And uh, and uh, they have some injury players coming back. So I look at the Cavs and the Pistons of maybe making some some noise, just like the uh, Sacramento Kings did in the West early. I can see them making noise. But Boston, Milwaukee, um, I think Boston got better uh, with Porzingis, even if, when they gave up. A smart and you know he's a heart and soul, but they needed a big. They can't you can't win a championship with Horford as your center. You can as your backup center, 
and now Pozingas is there. Milwaukee re-signed everything. Philly is still trying to see what they're going to do with Harden. If they can do some damage with Harden, and they can keep in D, Harris, Maxi, uh, Tucker, uh, they've added Beverly. You know, if they can get another player or two there, they're going to be up there. But those are the teams I see in the East. You know, this is the, the same ones, and then Cavs and Detroit as maybe some dark horses. Hey, hey Mo, for Zingas, you know, we almost average two blocks a game. I mean, people people don't think of him as a great – I'm not saying he's a great shot blocker, but I, I bet you Horford wasn't getting that. No, it wasn't close. And he's, he's still – I think he's still 32. He's still in his prime. He's athletic. He can spread the floor, shoot the three, just like Horford. He's a better rebounder and a rim protector than Horford. And now Horford comes off the bench, which is a great asset to have. And uh, shoot, I think he averaged 19 and a half and 12 rebounds a game last year. Almost. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, a double double. So you know, they had to give up. You have to give up something good to get something. And that's a position they needed, right? You know, they, they have they have the wing cover. You know, they needed a big to compete in the East with Embiid and Lopez and Giannis and Portis and then. And, and if Denver does make it to the to the finals again, you gotta have somebody with uh, to deal with uh, the Joker. Uh, Steve says Pistons. I thought would have ten more wins last season. Maybe a new coach would help. Well, what would really help is having Kay Cunningham back. Yeah, they were hurt. They had injuries. Kay Cunningham was hurt, so they had injuries. That was their, you know, the best ability in the NBA is availability. Critical for the Pistons to start off strong. Nothing worse than 13 to 7 the first 20 game. The Pistons probably started the season slow and then get the momentum to be above 500 by season's end. So you want, you want the Pistons to get to the in season final four here in Las Vegas? That will mean they have a good start. <laughs> That'll be good for young teams trying to learn to, uh, you know, get some experience in playoff basketball. Although I'm sure that's not going to be anything like. Yeah, but you, when you look at the roster, they have Kate Cunningham, a couple other people making 10, 15 mil. But you have most of their rosters making 2 million, 3 million. So yeah. winning 500,000 is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So they, they'll be hungry uh, uh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. they got uh, young Jalen Duran, who's a, a good young player. Uh, uh, coming along. Well, uh, the West is where, you know, the, the, the strength of the NBA is in the West. You've got the world champions out there. You know, Memphis, Memphis hadn't really done much. The uh, John Moran. Yeah, they, they're, gonna, they're not going to have John Moran for 25 games. Yeah. Um, so they won't win the in-season tournament. But you've got teams making moves there in the West. Uh, Sacramento, Phoenix made a big trade for Bradley Bill. The Clippers have made moves. The Lakers have made a lot of moves. Golden State added Chris Paul. Minnesota, New Orleans. You know, nine teams finished above 500 over there, Mo. I mean, the Lakers. Last year. Last year. Yeah, the Lakers did the. They they helped themselves. I, I, 
know, they have LeBron and AD availability again. They 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 re-signed D'Angelo Russell. Not really thrilled with him. Uh, he played okay during the season. They re-signed Hachimura and Reeves. They had to do that. They have Vanderbilt and Cam Reddish off the bench. Uh, and then they added a bigger player than people think that Denver lost, right? Or Denver or Miami, I can't remember, Gabe Vincent. Gabe yeah. Vincent. And Denver lost uh and Denver lost Bruce Brown. Yeah. But I mean, so you're looking at Lakers, if they can add a big to their roster that can bulk up a little bit, they have a shot. Denver, I think they lost, uh, and and uh, you know they're thin anyway, so they're betting on on uh, uh, Christian Brown to come through. But they're still they picked up Reggie Jackson, I think. But you're looking at the Joker, Murray, Porter Jr., Gordon, uh, Caldwell Pope. That's five guys. Who else? Who else do you got? Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown. That's it. So, you know, you're looking at the Warriors that re-signed Clay, I mean, re-signed uh, 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 Green, Draymond Green, which was huge for them, I think. So, you know, they went their way. They finally decided to make a move with Poole because Poole and Draymond Green are not going to, you're not going to win a championship with both of them. That punch affected them. Uh, and that, so you're looking at Curry, Clay, uh, Draymond Green, Wiggins, Chris Paul, Looney, Peyton II, Kaminga's a question mark, and they're looking at uh, signing uh, uh, Saric, who's a 6'10 big player. So, you know, they're, they're back in it right now. Uh, Suns, and, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. We go, Mo. And the Suns added uh, uh, Beal. They added Beal, one of the best players in the league, without giving up Durant, Booker, or Aiden. So they have a big four now. The problem is they got to keep Aiden happy and give him some shots, you know. So, you know, and they got Eric Gordon and they got uh, Cameron Payne. So, you know, they're right there. Sacramento uh, has has added a couple players, you know, to their roster. They'll be interesting. The Clippers are still the Clippers. Don't know what they're going to do. I mean, you know, Paul George, Kawhi, they added Norman Powell, who's a really good player. Zubak, uh, Plumlee, Westbrook signed for a minimum. To stay there, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, you know, they should be better, but we'll see. Uh, so, uh, and OKC has their young group uh, that they added uh, uh, Oladipo to. So, uh, you know, that and sat, you know, so it's going to be another wild, wild west. You know, Dallas, you know, decided to, decide to re sign Kyrie Irving, which I think will crush them. Uh, and I think they might not make the playoffs again. Man, Steve has a good point here with Minnesota. What 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 are they doing? Well, they they bet the farm on uh, Rudy Gobert, and it didn't work. But now they're stuck. They gave away two key players and draft picks, and uh, gobbled up his salary. So Anthony Edwards just signed two hundred sixty million dollar deal. So uh, you know, I I watched their game. I sat with Chris Finch, their head coach, a little bit, and. He's on the hot seat. He knows it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, when you say, that's why I say you need to sign the right pieces. If you sign the same piece, so you got uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who's a seven foot guy that plays on perimeter, but he's still a seven foot guy, struggles with dark pick and rolls. And you add Rudy Gobert, who's a seven foot guy, struggles with dark pick and rolls. You got two guys making, you know, 80 million. 
they're the same guy. You know, different. They're not the same guy. Rudy's a defensive guy, and and uh, uh, you know, Towns is an offensive guy who says he's one of the top players in the league, but he hasn't won anything. I don't know why he said that, but you know, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. Yeah, I mean that the West, golly, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Mo, we have uh, ran through this hour. Any, any final thoughts? No, I mean, uh, you know, even though it's the so-called dead season of basketball, at least NBA-wise, you still have the summer leagues going on. It's exciting. Then you have Team USA, who's training here in uh, uh, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Um, that's going to compete in the world championships. You know, they, they sign, they're sending their B team, uh, you know, because we've already qualified for the Olympics. Uh, so they send their B team, which is young guys that are looking to get a chance to be the future of our Olympic teams. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. People should watch other basketball, you know, watch the World Cup, watch, you know, watch some European games, you know, you can find them everywhere. Uh, it's really exciting basketball, but you know, uh, it's it's exciting. For, you know, as, as silly as I say it is, the, the in-season tournament here in Las Vegas is kind of a cool deal. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just kind of waiting to see who's going to own the uh, Las Vegas uh, NBA team. And more importantly, what they're going to be called. <laughs> yeah. uh, Giannis had knee surgery, could be out for a while. Now, I've read it's not that serious, but I guess anytime you have surgery. Well, I think it's scoped and I think it's cartilage. And I think he's debating whether to play in the Worlds in two or three yeah. weeks, which I, if I'm the Bucks, I'm saying you, you can't no. play in that. Don't play in that. That's, yeah. You should play in that anyway. It's ridiculous. But I don't, Steve, I don't think that's serious. I think it's, I think it's a scope. I think you can probably play in six weeks after that, but I think you shouldn't. And you should wait till training camp. Hey, 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 Mo, we, we went the whole hour and didn't miss James Harden. Is he gonna is he gonna be a six? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, they they ended up extending him, uh, right? Or, or no, he's I don't know what he's at. He's he's at forty seven mil something. Um, it's a I think I don't think it's a one year deal. So he is tradable now. Um, I don't know what you can get for him anymore. Um, you know, here's what's sad. We're talking about a player who led the league in assists last year, right? Yeah. His, but he's moved. How many times has he moved? OKC to Houston, Houston to, to Nets, Nets to uh, Philly. Where is he going next? Does anybody really want him anymore? <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and, again, and again, he laid an egg in the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I, Philly will have to decide what they need to do with him uh, before the season starts, or, or maybe before Christmas. When when do you? Well, hey, you. We have you on your contract. You play, you're going to play for us. That's it. And then you decide if you want to pile and play the trade and not come in. Then we'll start fighting and get some of our money back. But, you know, when, when you look at uh, Philly, if you look at Philly, you know, you're looking at Embiid, Tobias Harris, Maxi. I love, Melton, Tucker, Paul Reed's a good player. He's just added Beverly, you have Harold. 
if Harden doesn't show up, you still got a competitive, probably playoff team. Yeah, with one so, of the best players in the league. So, and you're on poker and you're holding a hand like that, you don't fold up ten. You know, you you wait it out and play out your hand. Oh, uh, please, Steve. <laughs> you're killing me, you're, uh, Steve. Have you seen the pictures of him? He looks like a pro wrestler now. Well, we never know if we can play a game. <laughs> uh, hey, well, we're going to get out of here. Um, I want to thank everybody for checking in with us and tuning in and liking. Yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome. Uh, don't forget, you can hear this show and all our past shows on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. We got next, Paul Mokeski and Ricky Hampton. Spread the uh, word, you going out to some more games this week? Uh, no. <laughs> that would be a no. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'll watch some on ESPN, but you know, uh, I'm gonna spend some time with my family and, and chill here, try to stay warm, try to stay cool, and maybe spend some time in the in the pool. But it's almost too hot to go in there. But hey, Steve, you guys, thank you for joining. Appreciate. Uh, spread, spread the word, man. Spread the word. Let's yep. get some more people in. in hey, We'll see you next week. We'll, we'll be back at our regular Monday time next week, Mo. Yep. Okay. All right. For Big Paul Mokeski, I'm Ricky Hampton. Good night, everybody. Peace. See you, Mo. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.